Hello, my lovely listeners. Uh, welcome to another Geeky On podcast. A uh, little bit of a hiccup in the schedule this time around. Uh, it was supposed to come out to, on Monday night, um, but there was a little bit of a snag there. But rest assured, the new time frame is going to be bi-weekly on Monday nights. Uh, I just figured it made more sense. I didn't really want to be wasting all my Saturday mornings. Um, you know, making a podcast, I, uh, I kind of like sleeping in on the weekends, so if you don't like it, um, too bad, I don't know, but, uh, I figure Monday makes more sense anyway, uh, so, you know, enjoy that. Uh, this week, I've got Shane Heron and Ricky Lima on the podcast, uh, they are the magnificent, crazy, mad geniuses behind the comic book Black Hole Hunters Club. Uh, which is a really cool mini-comic series that they've been doing for four issues now. And they've got a fifth one on the way. Um, and it's just, it's off-the-wall, wacky, zany fun. And so they're really cool guys, and I wanted to sit down and talk to them. I've been wanting to have them on the podcast really since I started doing it, so it was really cool to have them on. Um, so we just kind of hop into it on this one. So just to give you guys a little bit of a, uh, sort of a preamble, the, the sort of the order of the voices you'll hear, uh, Shane is the, the first guy you're going to hear. And then it, it's going to be me and then Ricky. So that'll give you an idea of the who's who. So, um, without any further delay, here's the podcast. Gibson was showing me at um, at the con that just passed. He brought he has original Frank Whiteley pages. He has uh, I think thirteen of them or something. Holy shit! So he brought five to the show just to okay. show me, so I could just drool all over them, and they're just the greatest. Wow. He had some pages from Earth Two, the JLA Earth Two. He had a couple pages of that, which are someone I don't know who lettered it, but they hand lettered on the page, which mm-hmm. is cool. And he had a page of All Star Superman, and what else did he have? Fuck. Uh, a page of new X-Men. Uh, so, how's he, like... Because, quietly... Is he... He's not local, is he? No, he's from Scotland. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he's he's UK, I thought. Yeah, so yeah, he's Ke- just... Keonis. Del Keonis. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But, like, so he's just... Uh, Gibson's close with him just because of, like, what, through conventions? or No, I think he... Um, I, I don't know his whole story. You might want to even interview him about this, but I think he... Um, it, his he early success at comics was with... Guys that were associated with the 2000 AD, that whole kind of crew out in in oh. UK or whatever. So he got to know some of those guys and then kind of met them through that way. And yeah. him and Quietly just got along really well, I guess. It's funny. I've I've seen Gibson a bunch of times. I think I may have like I don't think I've really talked to him that much. He intimidates me for some reason, <laughs> even though he's it's, like it's he's the just... writing on his sleeve. He's got his name on his sleeve. Uh, he's like a big dude. He's a big handsome fella. Yeah. Maybe I don't know, but uh... but it's just funny because like 
I even have, like, I have common ground with them. I'd be like, hey, I worked on Home Zinc as well yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff, like, because... Oh, if you see him, just go over and listen to you. He's the nicest and guy. And he's, he's really close with, like, he's really good buddies with Adam, so, I mean, yeah. like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. there's a million reasons why I should have no problem talking with him, and yet... But he's very handsome, so... That's it. I, got, I got to meet him last year at <laughs> Fan Expo. Like <laughs> no, we hit it off really well, actually. Was I mean, Fan Expo? I think that's the first time I... Said, yeah, that night we went out. I don't know if you were with us, though. We went to the Irish Embassy, and we just had a bunch of... <laughs> I had a bunch of beers. And then <laughs> Gibson and I just got along really well, and now uh, now he's my comic BFF. We're, <laughs> you guys are, are buds. Yeah, I just, I just inked a, that's, cover, a cover for him. It's actually. amazing what having a beer with someone will do in terms of just feeling more comfortable around, like, talking to them. I know, like... Last Fan Expo, I came out with, I, I went out with uh, Adam and Fred and, like, mm-hmm. Mike Walsh, and I can't remember, there was a dude down here from, like, he was up from, like, Mexico. Oh, like, yeah, Juan Castro. Juan Castro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and there were a few the, people. And was that at Lone Star? No, was it was over at the Amsterdam Brew Pub. So the next day we went to Lone Star, and those all those dudes were there, too. Yeah, okay. And Juan, Juan Castro's a really nice guy. He is. He's just, like, just a really, really nice, like, yeah. approachable, like, easy-to-talk-to guy. Um, but the the one for me that I was like I didn't know how to talk to was was Mike uh, like Mike Walsh uh, oh yeah, yeah and like after talking to him like he's just he's totally dude he's, he's the guy I talk to is the podcast started it, it is recording yeah I mean yeah. this is just the informal <laughs> preamble and then we'll, I'll, like I'll decide where Sweet. to sort of jump in switch it on well, yeah, that's, exactly. why, that's why and we're up. I was saying because that's what I like about that's some of the best podcasts they do that they just kind of yeah. the conversation just goes exactly just you get the you get the juices flowing yeah. and not in a sexual way um, or even or we could, I'm getting we'll see. sexual we'll see how it goes <laughs> we'll see it might get weird <laughs> so uh, yeah the one thing I was going to say was just um be careful with the table. Don't like knock it or whatever. And then we'll get weird yeah, sounds. Hey, sorry. Don't ruin it for everyone. It's not gonna be echoey. Yeah. <laughs> no, it won't. And I felt bad. I like that was sort of a like a last yeah. minute thing. No, it's cool. Did you um, do an echoey thing. Well, like you, you heard the you heard the podcast. It was a little bit echoey because I, I was in a, a bo- like a meeting room at Humber. So uh, I remember I listened to the first one you did with some. I don't remember who even it was, but I didn't yeah, know Mike Drack. Yeah. yeah, and I, I didn't finish it because I was bored. No oh, words. okay. <laughs> you know what? It's not your. It, it's not really your area of stuff, yeah. right? It was more about animation, like oh, okay. writing, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I listened to Jason Liu one, and I loved it. I yeah. It was because just listening to you guys have a good conversation. Right? Yeah, and he's an easy guy to have a good conversation with. He's very interesting. Yeah. I love, I love Jason Liu. I'm so excited about that book. About that pitiful human lizard book, I yeah, think yeah. it's going to be super good, and I'm I'm so glad it hit its goal. Yeah, yeah. had an erection for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I was, I was I'm doing one of the pit up and print incentives too, so I was that's right. You I are was yeah. working on mine while I was listening to it. Too, oh, that's so, yeah. that's perfect. How's How's it Do you have a picture of it? Uh, yeah, I have. I got to color show it today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, um, Oh man, that's gonna be mine there. Well, if people could see it, they would know that it looks awesome. That looks so cool. I mean, I'm gonna color it. Today. It's got a sleek look to Is it. Is he on top of someone's head? You Is know, he doing you something know those gargoyles on the Skydome or the Roger yeah. Center? Oh, yeah, those yeah. big. They're called the audience. There's yeah, yeah, and they're all like getting trashed. Yeah. it's basically a bunch yeah, of like so crowd members getting on top getting of the loaded. guy that has the binoculars who's looking down, and they're so I'm gonna color it, and it. I don't know. I don't know how apparent it is, but everyone's just kind of. Uh, 
it's all very Toronto centric. Yeah, right? and, so I, and all usually very goofy, like him doing kind of ridiculous stuff. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what he kept saying, make him really pitiful. But yeah. I, I wanted to draw him looking cool. Yeah, so it's a cool character. <laughs> but then when I saw Eric Kim's, I thought, well, his looks cool. He doesn't look pitiful there. So I'm just gonna do what I want, Jason Liu. <laughs> yeah, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm helping you out. Yeah, no, well, it's like the exchange we did because uh, Jason Liu did two pages in our new issue of Black Hole Hunters. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah, what, in issue four? In issue yeah. four, there's a two-page flashback. and uh, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Jason Liu did it, and he knocked it out of the park. It's great. We yeah. thought it was great because Jason Liu has a very, uh, it's like a retro style, but it's not dated. You know? No, Some no. Some people have a retro style, but it, it, it looks, you don't want to read it. But Jason's, is, yeah. it's retro, but it, it looks really modern still. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a really great yeah. quality to it. And I mean, over. he's really good at sci-fi stuff as well, so like yeah. a lot of things well, he Hart put into it. Like, yeah. yeah, So a lot of things he put into the flashback, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. There's like a stripper alien. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah hey. I mean, <laughs> Blackwell Hunters, which, I mean, for anyone listening to this right now, is such a cool, like a weird, it's like a grimy science yeah, fiction. Yeah, well, it's like the best. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I'm the one that's supposed to say that, but you know what, Ricky? I'll no, that's our, that's you our can, con pitch. A lot of people's con pitch is like, oh, it's like this and this, and ours is just like, it's the best. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you go more subtle, Ricky. So I, I don't want to say it's the best, but it's pretty great, and I'll just blatantly i'm just like yo this you're holding in your hand the best book ever like, you should buy it today if you read this yeah you will shit your pants well that's Basically. one, and, one and, thing and don't that, be afraid um, of that yeah. i was okay. listening to on on the the jason Liu episode though your last episode was um the guys talked about how people don't buy comics that much at cons anymore what what jason and i were seeing or at least that i've experienced just talking yeah. to people and stuff is that you know, a lot of people feel like they don't sell well because the, the conventions are definitely being targeted as pop culture. You know, sure. like you look at the headlining celebrity guests and stuff. It's not so comic related, especially, you know, for Comic-Con. But, yeah, I mean, clearly you guys have a different mm-hmm. perspective, right? Totally. Well, I, I just, I, I don't like when I read um, other comic guys. You see their Facebook statuses and stuff and they say, oh, we were at the show and people just don't buy comics anymore. Yeah. and. It's like, well, just you gotta you gotta make them interested in your product. You have to, you know, and and I think the pop culture thing is cool. It brings a, a bigger majority of people out, and just cram the place with people. If you got a good product, you can sell it to them, whether they're there for comics or not, right? As long yeah. as they they come by your table, you can sell it to them. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I see, like at Fan Expo at Toronto Comic Con, you see a lot of artists who sit there. Uh, and then people come look at their book and they don't engage them and then yeah. the person leaves without buying anything they're like well why didn't they buy my book it's like because you didn't talk to them you, know? yeah. you gotta make them feel welcome in your little space that is your booth you know yeah. what I mean Absolutely. we find our bread and butter is actually there's um so there's a lot of people that come and because I always when I'm, I'm drawing for people too so I, you know you gotta make chit chat and stuff so I always ask people well, what what brought you out? Because when I would go to shows just as a fan, I, there would be you know I'm going for this artist. That's why I'm here, or whatever. But a lot of people are just they just I heard there's an event going on. I just wanted to check it out. They're yeah. not there for anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. those are people that they're, they're excited. And if you make them excited about your product, they'll buy your book. Yeah. And then we get a lot of um you know uh, teenage boys groups of teenage boys that are just they see your book and they're just like yo man this is wicked and there's like <laughs> there, there's sometimes two three four of them and you you can sell your book to all of them right these are yeah, kids sure they got a bit of money they got a and it's all disposable so hey, you know what i mean like these, there's, that's, a, that's the trick that's the trick of selling folks is 
sell yeah. to teenage boys. Yeah. That's why there's yeah. cussing in there, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I said that on the weekend too. I was like, there's a group of them, and I said, you guys look like the perfect age for a lot of cussing. You guys look like you're in, when I was your age, I loved cussing. Check out these books. Love right? some swears. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. You gotta initiate the people. You just gotta yeah. like, put your yeah. books in their hand and tell them to flip through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a big key to our success is that. It's, we're both a writer and an artist so that um, like as Shane's drawing I can like be selling to people uh, as opposed to just an artist who's like drawing and is like yeah. can't interact with people while you're drawing yeah, yeah it's gotta be tough so, because uh, Saturday Ricky wasn't there at the yeah. show and I, so I was there and I said okay I'm gonna I'm not as good of a salesman as Ricky but I'm gonna step up but uh, we have a deal where if you buy all our books uh, then I do a, a little a sketch. Nice watercolor sketch for you whatever. wow but uh, as soon as I make one one of those sales, I got to sit down and draw, and I, I can't yeah, be. You know it's what tough I mean? to it's, sell. Yeah. So it's like, and I'm slow. So in a half hour, hour, I'm yeah. not selling anything, right? So yeah. it's, it's a lot easier when we're both there. Mm-hmm. And, and again, when I'm not there and Ricky's there by himself, he doesn't have the sketch yeah. incentive, right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it works it works really well as a team. I think. Yeah, and um, it, it I kind of sometimes I have to like slow down because like Shane gets bogged down with how many sketches he has to do. Yeah, and then people are like, "Oh, is it ready?" He's like, "I got." like three other ones to do (laughs) so it gets pretty hectic but uh that's a good problem to have i guess it's definitely (laughs) well i know one time i was um like last year i I actually was in this art program and i was getting i was actually mentored mentored or shadowing um mentored by i guess but uh adam adam gorham yeah and the best and we were talking about conventions one time he was like you know he was telling me how he was like it's a great opportunity to teach you how to draw fast because like, you really have to. You, you like it definitely teaches yeah. like it's practice to speed up yeah. because you know you've got commissions and you've got only the con- you've only got the time that you're there to do them. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes maybe you can make a deal with someone's like I'll send it to you. I don't know, yeah. but well, I've done most, that too. Yeah, we have a lot like of five. times I, I, I owe about five sketches yeah. still from last week. But, like, you don't, you don't want to be doing that outside of the convention as much. Yeah. Like, you want to avoid it as much yeah. as you can because, sure. you know, you got work to do. You got other stuff to do with your life. You don't want to have to build yeah. up a docket of work for the yeah. next two weeks. Well, a lot of people, too, will say that they, you know, because we, we were selling four books, five bucks each, and you get a nice watercolor painted sketch. Yeah. People say, "Oh, that's there." People, that's a steal. They're getting yeah. like that sketch is worth way more. We're honestly exactly. ripping off Shane. But my my goal is sure we want to make money at the show. We want to make table money back and and then some or whatever. But I want to get these books into people's hands. Like more more than I may want to make money and do like nice you know sell a drawing or whatever for sure. hundred bucks. I want people to read my books. I want everyone to own Black Hole Hunters Club. Yeah, yeah we're getting close to that. It's it's the, it's the long term <laughs> goal, right? Well, I mean that's that's the. Whole- like, I mean, a convention, more than anything else, is a promotional tool. Yeah. It's, like, it's an opportunity to get your name out there. And I think, I think Jason and I talked about that, on, like, last week where I was saying, like, if you go in with the intention of making money, yeah. it's it's so hard to take a positive out of that because, you know, it's so hard to really make a good amount yeah. of money. But if yeah. you treat it as a promotional tool and a way to get your name out there mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it's it's pretty much win-win. Like, yeah. no matter what, you're going to be getting yeah. more people aware like, of you. And- uh, the past weekend that came, we came into the con without any money because we spent it all on printing and stuff. Yeah. So in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, man, we got to make money. Uh, and we did. But, I, but, yeah, that's definitely not, like, the end goal of it. Yeah, because, and it's, like, 
you know. It's, well, I always think about uh, so there's prints are the big thing at cons now, right? Yeah. And I'm yeah, not gonna sure. I'm not gonna say that I don't think you should do prints that you shouldn't sell other people's characters. You know, if you want to make uh, a nice Venom print and sell that at shows, you want to yeah. make Harry Potter prints, whatever. That's good, but in the long term, I think it's better to sell your own product. You won't sell as much, yeah. but it's better for you. Because, I mean, if, if your goal is to get with a Marvel or a DC or an Image or whoever, yeah. they're not looking for guys selling prints of their characters. They're no. looking for people who make good content books, right? And yeah. that's just like, in the long run, you're not going to sell as much, but you're gonna. it's better for your, your, yeah. your creative if, process. If, anyone, if everyone could make books, I'd be so happy. Like... I see yeah. all these great artists and they don't have a book and I'm like, ah, just make a book. Yeah, like make something that's yours so yeah. I can look at it and be like, this is who you exactly. are. Yeah, and we know, I know lots of artists, they do sketch covers or prints at these and they're and they're constantly just drawing Marvel, DC characters, whatever. Yeah. And they do great at it but and they sell gangbusters at shows but sure. in the long run, like, well, what are you doing? Like, you need yeah. to, you need to get your, your own products out there, right? True. And it, it's more rewarding to, to sell when someone buys your own thing that you created, yeah. that's way more exciting than mm-hmm. when someone buys a Spider-Man drawn yeah. you did or yeah. something. Right? I think, like, especially if we sell our book and then someone's like, man, I love this character so much, and they give us, like, fan art, blows my mind. Yeah. I love that's that got to so be much. the most satisfying thing. Oh, I so mean, cool. like, that's... I mean, even though I didn't design the characters, it's so cool to look at. Well, I mean, it's just... <laughs> well, you helped design. We designed some characters together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's... For me, that's, that's how I've always seen it. Uh, because I've... <laughs> Anytime someone says something like, you know, like, I don't, I only make this, like, I make this book or whatever for me, like, I don't do it for anyone else. I kind of think to myself, bullshit. Because, totally, it's like, yeah. you don't, you don't create a packaged piece of content, you know, that's, that fits like a formula to, to put into other people's hands for yourself. You just don't do mm-hmm. it. And the whole purpose of sending that out into the world, you know, like some sort of a finished product is for the basically the hope of feedback. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether it be whether it be money or recognition or just someone coming back to you and being like, I really liked this. Yeah. You know, like that's essentially what any artist kind of, it really yeah. wants. I think it, it, when it boils down to it, like, you want to tell a story and hope that it resonates with people. And fan art yeah. says that about as as much as anything possibly yeah. can. Mm-hmm. Like I want people to read our book and be in like as they're reading it, be like, oh man, this is the best. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what I want. So, like, as much as I'm like, yeah, I like this, yeah. I want other people to like it more than I like it. Yeah. You know? I also, we get a lot, too, where um, uh, I've worked on a lot of, you know, other projects, freelance projects for other people. And while you have fun doing uh, freelance work, different projects for writers or whatever type of project is, you have way more fun. Like, Black Hole Hunters is so much more fun than that. And, and it shows in the work because that's what people tell us it looks like fun uh, literally there's times where I'll, I'll be drawing a scene or something and I'll just stop and text Ricky and just say yo our book is the best this is the best <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so much fun to do uh, a lot of the times you like I get to create because it's an alien world too and we, I just get to create the most ugly gross weirdo characters and sometimes like <laughs> yeah, true, I think in issue 3 there's a bartender what was his name Scabberdan yeah and he's just this giant fat dude covered in hairy boils and uh, <laughs> he's just the funnest character and I think he, we're gonna use him more it was just supposed to be the small scene but we both love him so much that he'll he'll probably make a, a recurring appearance right? <laughs> yeah which that, that's the fun part of making the black hole hunters that's awesome and I mean it, it does like I mean it is something where it's like you need to be having fun because like 
fuck, comics are not a place where you go to make fucking tons of money anyway. Right? Like, yeah. If you don't love what you're doing, it's like, it's a lot of work, and yeah. it's often, like, you don't get paid as much as you probably should to do it, you know? Like, True. Mm-hmm. So if you don't love it, fuck, why bother? Yeah. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's huge, and especially yeah. for creating your own book, mm-hmm. where it's it's a labor of love, really. Yeah. I mean, you guys make a little bit at conventions and selling the book, but ultimately, you're not exactly, you know, you're not buying any mansions anytime soon <laughs> off of... Well, in a couple of years, yeah. It's like, well, the movie deal, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, the fun's important, too, on, like, the the tough parts, too, like, printing, like, these past few weeks, we've, yeah. we've been on, like, hardcore deadlines to find printers and get it printed... Like we need books printed for Wednesday. We're recording this on a Saturday, a Sunday. Yeah. So we need books printed on for a Wednesday, and we still haven't given them the files, and we're gonna give them on Monday. We sold out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna give it to them on Monday to get it done for Tuesday night, hopefully. And then Wednesday they'll start printing. No, Wednesday oh. we need them. We pick them up. Yeah, Wednesday oh, morning. Wow. And I work Monday and Tuesday, so I don't know when I'm gonna pick them up. It's still so worse. I hate that's it. that's what right, you've got. I guess there's an event that's going on. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to uh, Humber College. College. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's yeah, a so. there's a cool convention happening there. Um, yeah, I actually. Well, John Benjamin's actually doing. Like, yeah, actually, I crazy. I didn't know that so many other people love John Benjamin. Yeah, I, I love John Benjamin He's so amazing. much. I was talking to Jason Liu. They're like they're yeah. texting about how much we love John <laughs> Benjamin. Actually, yeah. it's it's funny. I found out about that, and I'm like, I wonder if there's any way I can get him on the podcast. And I'm like. Probably not. <laughs> so anyone, anyone listening, don't hope for it. But I'm really gonna try <laughs> to make it happen. Are you gonna come to the Humber show? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and talk to him and be like, hey, is there any way that you can find an hour of time between what you're doing here just to just to talk? Sure, you know, yeah. and see the funny thing is, I tried to talk to Humber about this, and I don't know if I should be talking about this, but I don't fucking care. I'm gonna say it. Uh, like. I talked to the organization, HSF, who organizes it, and someone got back to me, they're like, oh, sorry, you know, we have contractual agreements that we're not recording anything, and, you know, uh, we're, we, he said, like, we won't do any uh, events that weren't previously agreed upon in the contract, I'm just like, fuck off, I'm not asking to do it for Humber, I'm not Humber, like, I'm a person at the school that wants to do, like, that's doing my own thing, I'm asking, like, is there some time where that you know of where he will be available yeah. not doing yeah. your shit and she was like oh well we're sorry we can't help you with that because of con-. like yeah well i think there might be some i get that on I, his side. well i get I that get they that, probably don't but commit it, to him to yeah. something that it was know. just frustrating because i'm like you know i get like i'm not asking you to be like oh well you have to do this dude's podcast that's yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> i'm not asking them to do that it's like i sorry sorry mr benjamin i understand that you know you have uh, a schedule but you have to do this student's podcast uh we got we flew you yeah. out here you have to do it no i'm not asking them yeah. to do that i'm just asking dude let me talk to the guy for a minute and see if he'd be interested in doing it. You know, and if he is, fucking awesome. That would be that'd be a super awesome podcast. But you could always ask him, right? And that's what, what, what I'm gonna do. Doing? I'm gonna talk to autographs or something. Yeah, he's doing a Q and A or something at some point, I think. But yeah, I mean, he's really just there to sign autographs. Yeah. So. so I mean, I'm gonna. Oh, fuck off. Stop. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What's going on? Yeah, we're still going. We're still live. Yeah, I, t- I told Ricky. Yeah. Um. Well, like. Yeah, I, I don't really know what the deal is exactly in terms mm-hmm. of what his, his obligations are. I just think that, like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to ask him. 
He'll probably say he can't do it, which is totally fine. But yeah. I don't give a shit. But I mean, about like, what okay, let's, let's tell me. At the end of the day, like, does it matter if he can get a podcast interview with him? No, like, I mean, a, yeah, a lot it's of good people for podcasts to get big names. I guess, but like a lot of people, they're like obsessed with celebrities, and it's like, well, you know what? Right. I I would like to talk to him just because he's he's a comedian. The dude is a yeah. legitimate, he's very one of the funny most comedian, underrated funny man in the world. He's yeah, so good. And I'm just I'd really be interested to hear about his because I don't I don't think it's fair to call him like a celebrity. I don't think there's TMZ following him around <laughs> or anything. But like yeah. he's he's a well known comedian, uh, you know, like in voice actor. And I'd be curious to hear about sort of like, you know, what kind of route he went through. I mean, voice acting is a tough gig to get into, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, like, how did he recognize that he had, like, that fucking awesome voice that he has? And you just get out of the shower, he's like, I sound amazing. Well, that's like his normal voice. Yeah, I know. He just has a great voice. Well, I used to, I remember watching in high school, I used to watch Dr. Katz, and the best stuff on Dr. Katz was with his son, Ben. And as I got older, I realized that that was John Benjamin. Yeah. the stuff I don't know if you ever watched Human Giant with um, the Paul Shear and Rob no. Hubel and and Aziz Ansari it was a oh my god sketch show yeah and he did like there's this one where Ben John they hire a Bruce Willis impersonator <laughs> for this guy's birthday party but he thinks it's really Bruce Willis and it's John Benjamin he looks nothing like Bruce Willis <laughs> and he's just like he just starts living at the guy's house and he's like it's just the funniest thing <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I mean, like, ask him, man. Just go. Yeah, ask well, John Benjamin. And, and I'll ask him. In all likelihood, it, I just don't expect anything because it's it's tough to do. But you know, like the way I look at it, I just try and get as many sort of people that I think would be an interesting conversation yeah. Yeah. lined up. One person that you know, like fingers crossed, that could have happen is actually a friggin' accomplished director and stuff, Clark Johnson. Because I met him, a few, uh, he directed like he directed the pilot and finale of The Wire. He was actually oh, on The Wire. Okay. He was Gus, the the editor in the fifth season. Ooh. But he's been like he's one of those guys where it's like as soon as you saw him because he's he's an actor. Like as soon as you see his face, you're like that guy because he's been in yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. really good quality you know TV and and yeah, movies and stuff. So yeah, he also oh, he yeah. also directed SWAT as a <laughs> the oh, movie SWAT. Colin Farrell. Yeah, and LL and, Cool J. Uh, cool J. I think, wasn't was Samuel L. Jackson in that? I feel like he was. I feel like he's in everything. Yeah, he is in everything. It's probably in more movies. But yeah. But that, yeah, that Humber show is gonna be crazy. Like, I mean, as is this much gonna as... come out before then or afterwards? This is like... oh, this is gonna come out after that. Oh, so oh, that Humber show was the best. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> but um, like they, as much as the HSF did, yeah. um, like Kevin, who he he he's the owner or co-owner of Stadium with Stadium with Comics, Rob. which I'm just gonna throw out uh, props. We're we're recording this at the Stadium Comics Sidekick, sidekick store, store, which. Is awesome. It's yeah, it's such it's a cool like little shop, and it's got you know space in the back to have events and stuff. This place is awesome. And where are they? Stadium Comics Brampton plug them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that, they deserve two a plug. Bram there. Two Bram Court. Yeah, two Bram Court. And oh, they're in Shoppers. Shoppers. Mall. Yeah, Shoppers yeah. World. If you want to go yeah. to the main Stadium store. Comics is the best guys. Yeah, well, I mean, shout out to our. Uh, I'll call them our unofficial sponsor for the <laughs> podcast, seeing as yeah. they're hosting us. Um, but yeah, but Kevin. Kevin is such thing. a proactive oh, guy yeah. in terms of. Stadium Comics does so many events, and it's all because of him. And yeah. he organized having like a kiosk, like they were selling. Basically, everything there. at this Humber thing that's not H. John Benjamin and that Xbox One that was all Kevin. All same, like yeah. he basically did everything. Yeah, yeah. And we just did a thing. Uh, they set up with the Brampton Beast, They're yeah. uh, a farm team for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, they put together it was a Comic Con night at this hockey arena. Which like you you have to be pretty like forward thinking to think like a uh, hockey you know like a hockey game. <laughs> yeah. Let's turn this into something about comics, and they yeah. they did. And I don't know, we like, sold pretty well. There, wow, yeah. like <laughs> well, we thought it would either be a, a complete disaster because they don't mesh together, or right. you never know, right? But yeah. again, you get people to come by your table and just. That, you know, people who yeah. aren't into comics, what's this all about? You can sell me yeah. books. Why not? It was I, a pretty crappy snowstorm that day, so oh yeah, not a lot of people bad. showed up, but well, it's pretty good. that's tough. I mean, like, we yeah, had a the great night still. Is, is yeah. a, you know, but I just, I think that's cool to just do that. You got to do that crossover type stuff. And at this day and age, it's not going to be easy to run a comic shop that just sells, you know, comic books in print. You're going to yeah. have to have an online presence. You're going to have to do events like this, right, to get people out to things. Absolutely. I think, well, I mean, those guys are just to me ahead of the curve and uh, another shop that I should you know sort of mention that does stuff like that is the comic book lounge in Toronto where they they want to involve the local industry and promote the local industry as a part of you know their store's identity and I think that's fantastic Mm -hmm. it's something I I like seeing I mean not just because I work at Stadium but something that's more impressive about Stadium is it's not in Toronto it's not at that central hub and yet it's still doing this like amazing stuff and And it gets great turnouts yeah and it's created this community that relatively didn't exist before you know what I mean oh absolutely I mean stadium comics is a funny thing because I remember it before the guys that currently own it own uh, like owned it and that was actually the first comic book shop I ever went into so it's always going to have a little bit of a soft spot for me it's <laughs> it is my comic shop it always yeah will I heard be. Uh, Chris Butcher who runs TCAF and the Beguiling he apparently used to work at the old stadium yeah, really and Rob owned it that's what someone told me yeah well it's just kind of cool yeah it used to be in a different spot in shoppers world and I remember it and like that was the first comic book shop I had ever been into like I used to read them like you know I'd buy them in convenience stores and like yeah, yeah, you know yeah. when I was just a, when I was like a little kid and I walked in and it was a it was like earth shattering and it wasn't even <laughs> a big store but I looked at it and I was like this is insane I can't believe there are this many comic books all in one place yeah and uh, you know so it was, it was always same, you have the same experience with the first time you walk into a comic shop yeah, yeah and really mind blowing it's so cool that that place that I you know like associate with my love of comic books is now a total like is my favorite place uh, you know my favorite comic book store for totally different reasons because yeah. <laughs> Kevin and Rob do such a good job of making that place so involved in the community and doing yeah. such amazing events mm-hmm. and just being really fostering uh, you know artistic or fostering to the artistic community yeah. Um, yeah, they're, it's a fantastic place. You did a uh, great job hiring me and stuff. Yeah, I mean, and you working there, whatever, I overlook it. No. Well, a big part of their success, too, is they have you guys have a great YouTube channel, right? They, That's they true. Got, how many subscribers Which, do you have? Six uh, million? Six thousand. Six million. I mean, it's probably... It's well, it's funny, close. too, because you hear about there's people that they watch, they do an unboxing Wednesday where they show all the books that come out. And okay, so that's not even... Like, that's that's, I guess, somewhat common, or... Well, no, but there's people that they don't even, they're not even local, they're not Brampton people, but they watch yeah. it just because every week it's them, you know, Ricky and Kev showing you all the new comics yeah. that come out, right? Which is kind of cool. Well, I, it's a great concept because it's like, it's a kind of a, a fun way to find out what's what's happening this week in comic books. Totally. You know? It's like super functional. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and, well, I mean, I guess, yeah, you were a big part of, you've been a big part of that, I guess, since the beginning, or was that happening really uh, Within you? a year, I, was, I started going on the show. Oh, okay. So it was Rob and Kevin for a year, then yeah. I came on here and there, and then Kevin had his, or Rob had his baby, and then yeah. 
Yeah. The Rob doesn't really like the spotlight, right? No, he's no, he's, like he's a low key guy yeah. for sure. Which I mean, it's uh, sometimes like people think I own the store, yeah, and it's like, whoa, I do not own the store. <laughs> you know what's crazy is so the first ever uh, convention I ever did where I got my own table as an artist uh, was the 2007 The Paradise Show. Yeah. And uh, I was just, I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. I was just <laughs> giving away comics and just doing free sketches. I, I just wanted to... Just get just, your name out there. Yeah, I just wanted to do... I just, I needed a goal to make a comic. You know, if I right. if I had a... You know, I bought a table for this show, so I'm going to... That's my goal to get this comic that I was doing. Yeah. And um, Rob, I didn't even know who Rob was at the time. He was just this, an other young guy. He came around and he would get these... Him and his buddy would get these jam pieces. It would be an 11 by 17 board and he would say... Uh, okay, I'm gonna get the Justice League. Can you draw a Justice League member? And they go to a different, and they have cool. And I did this horrible Hawkman for him. <laughs> but I remember the first time I was invited to come out of the stadium, and I saw Rob, and I went, "Are you that guy that I did a shitty Hawkman for years ago?" <laughs> and he he showed it to me. It's so bad. It's just <laughs> yeah. one of those really small world kind of things. Like yeah. you own a comic shop now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's really, and they're just Kevin, Rob are the nicest guys, and they they're are. probably. Very instrumental in the success of Black Hole Hunters. Oh, They've been so supportive. Totally. Of yeah. Jeez. Especially with the Unboxing Wednesdays and talking about it. On yeah. <laughs> like, we've sold some books in the UK, and it's like, we probably wouldn't have never done that unless, you know. Oh, yeah. Sense. Like, yeah. you, well, they have that reach, which is yeah. cool. So now it's an international bestseller. Yeah. Which, <laughs> that'll be cool. You got to get, you got to get people from the UK listening to the podcast, because I've listened, I've looked at stats and stuff, and there are people from, like, I've had weird, like, I think a, a couple of listens from UK also from France yeah so yeah, yeah it's, it's fine it's like this is this is going international Istanbul so, there we go yeah get maybe that, get that market it's funny how yeah. things Turkey uh, is I remember when I did, I did a, a web con called Awesome Marcus Ninja with my friend Joel Buxton and he would follow those kind of stats and he would just be like Oh, we just had a huge spike in Iceland. You know, like it's a lot weird, of people in right? Iceland are reading our comic for some reason. Yeah, which like is, that, which is <laughs> that's the cool thing about the internet is yeah. that it allows yeah. for an international reach. the The biggest problem is just that, you know, you're you're one little voice in a cacophony sure. of voices. But if you can find a way to just like, you know, step on a box, you I know, and George. just get a little bit above other people and be like, yeah. over here. Well, Joel, I remember yeah. was uh, he he's very into finding out. How things go viral and and how to replicate that type of thing, which and is such an like it's such a uh, uh, mercurial thing. It's yeah, so hard to it, say. It happens. Well, I always just thought it was just an organic thing. Things just yeah. happen, you know. When Charlie bit my finger, just explodes. No one expects that, yeah. right? But uh, he actually, we we disagree. He thinks there's a, a strategic way to make things go viral and a way to do it. And mm-hmm. he actually has this uh, YouTube channel. Their animal songs they do. Oh yeah. And I think they just had like their millionth view on YouTube, so maybe he's on to something. I don't know. I just yeah. I don't know how to, and I get so it's bored fabulous. by the statistics. And it's but. like I think the important thing is that different cultures have different kind of like uh, zeitgeist like at, idea, at yeah. the time. Sure. So like in the UK, like they read tons of comics. So like our our book is like people are digging it like a lot there. Yeah. yeah. And it's um, but then here in like North America comics aren't as or the books aren't as popular yeah so it's uh it's i guess it really depends on the like what's going on culturally in different it's, areas well, well like, europe's a different mentality for comic books oh too, it's right? so they much treat it like art which yeah. is why a lot of guys like a travis charay would just yeah. stop doing american comics and start go work over there because yeah. they i think they do the style where it's like a novelist they'll give you an advance yeah like, here's a year put out an amazing yeah. uh, graphic give novel give us a great book 
which yeah. is a way way more easy on the artist and yeah. way more fun than doing yeah. uh you know can we go to europe gonna, can we <laughs> can we do that yo well when the, we have the trade of black hole hunters it's gonna be huge in europe bro yeah. which i mean you guys are well on your way to what do you have now of actual completed work like four books four books which are 12 pages each right 12 yeah. pages each but the next yeah. so that this first arc is going to wrap at issue six but issues five and six are going to be about 22 24 pages each yeah. okay wow so, so you're really expanding yeah, so the yeah. trade's gonna have like 80 pages i think yeah nice it's sort of yeah it's like a, a smaller trade it's a nice yeah. digestible yeah. sort of format so that's it's gonna be good our, our goal is for this year at fan expo to have the the first story is a trade and then the, the first issue of the new story yeah. that's our goal i mean who yeah. knows? well i mean you guys you guys have been working at Pretty much, like I would say, breakneck pace for for that kind for of like comics, yeah, for yeah. for something that you're doing <laughs> yeah. on your own independently. Like you guys have four issues out, and I was there when you guys made the first issue yeah, because yeah. it was a twelve hour comic book day yeah. or like the twelve hour comic book competition, oh, yeah. which yeah. was like that was spring last year, late spring, like maybe May, April, April, yeah, that's right for as much, yeah, because yeah. the book came out free comic book day. Uh, which was May fourth, I think. Yeah, so it was, it was yeah. You guys did it basically right before Free Comic Book yeah. Day, which was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it just worked out well. It's like, hey, well, I, I have Shane, something to sell. Shane people. had to bust his ass to get it done for. <laughs> oh, I bet. I'm not gonna lie. I put in way more hours into this than Ricky yeah, has. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> now I'm lettering and coloring yeah. the covers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but that's your own choice. No, I know it's <laughs> it's true. But like, I mean, that's one thing where it's like, uh, like this is a not so secret truth about comic books that a lot of people don't always realize is that writers do not work as hard mm-hmm. as artists when it comes to comic well, books. Hourly, it's a different, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a different a work, but yeah. like, yeah, you, you put a lot into it, but like, that's why I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you ever, like, it's different in your case, you guys are collaborators. You're, you're definitely sure. building the world from the ground up together. Yeah. Um, anytime someone talks to me and I, I've had it happen a lot. I have a lot of like, cause I'm the kind of person that I really champion comics. I really champion creating comics. And I get a lot of people talking to me that are interested in writing and stuff like that. They're like, you know, um, how do you write? Like, how do you get a, how do you do a comic book? How do you get it made? Or I'm like, well, pay an artist. <laughs> First thing I say, cause it's like, Look, unless you're willing to share that idea with an artist from the beginning, yeah, you have no right to ask them to work for free. No matter how cool the story is, yeah, you know, like you just—it's just not a reasonable thing to ask there, because there's, there's a lot of work. for that, right? There's a the the digital webbing forums, and there's two yeah. forums. There's one it's paid, so people who post there, you're going to be paying someone if you're asking them to create something. Yeah, for you. there's another one where it's called collaborators, and it's people looking for that type of thing. Right? Totally. And I mean, in le- sometimes you're going to hit the jackpot if you're just looking to work for something free, and you're going to yeah. find a really good artist that will, you know, just shares that idea with you or whatever. But a lot of times, yeah, you got to pay people. And yeah. The more you pay, the better quality you're going to get. Look, if but, it's your story, yeah. you should be paying. And you're right. Yeah. The, the higher the page rate you're willing to pay, the, the better artists yeah. you're going to, you're going to court. Mm-hmm. And you know, the flip side, this also is true is that artists should absolutely insist on getting paid. Yeah. You know, like I don't care if they're just starting out, like if it's not your story and someone wants to just do, wants you to do work for them. Like, you have every right to ask for money and yeah maybe maybe you offer a really low rate starting out because you know you want the experience you want the practice but you know the time the effort and the skill that is needed to do it Mm -hmm. yeah that is a commodity that deserves to be paid for and it 
you know, I think it is undervalued right now. I think, uh, you know, too many people ask ask for a little too much from artists, uh, but that's that's my opinion. Yeah, but I think also people, um, a lot of people dismiss writers, I guess, because they can't draw and stuff like that. But true, I mean, it's hard to it's hard mm-hmm. to really break out and be noticed as yeah. a good writer. Like yeah. with this collaboration, like I'm doing, I I try to do more than just write. Like I try to do. Like all the, the mm-hmm. social media stuff and yeah. sell all the books as possible and stuff. So. Right. I mean, there's there's yeah. ways, there's divisions of labor that go beyond just what's on the page. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That's why I, I have moments when I am putting in all, way more hours than Ricky would be actually putting the book together. And and yeah. I'm just, some days I'm just like, fuck Ricky, man. Why do I got to do all this myself? <laughs> yeah. Even though sometimes it's my choice to do it. But And then right. when we go to a show and Ricky's the guy who's selling the books. Yeah, you're the one. That, and, you know, and promoting it. And he takes care of all that stuff and then it, it works perfect and that it's times like that's not lost on me i appreciate that yeah. actually My, all that work i would be doing wouldn't be getting into as many hands if i didn't have ricky there pushing it and selling it and um yeah like it, it is a, a big collaboration between the two of us right like, yes and as it should be and it's it's tricky i think to work out that sort of balance and that division of labor like yeah. i was saying but like i mean if you yeah. suck at selling books it's like oh man well exactly <laughs> whoever is best at yeah. it should be doing well, it and that's you, the bottom line that's when a writer should try to do other things like i know a lot of writers uh, are letterers as well which i mean totally yeah. makes sense there you go um or yeah, yeah they have a lot of money so. yeah and <laughs> it's it's tough i mean it like the the bottom line is is that there is no one way to do it and like everyone's situation is different but it's just i cannot stress enough that it's a very different in terms of man hours that are put in artists put so much more time mm-hmm. into what yeah. shows up in a comic book than than the writer yeah. you know it's just that's that's just the the short end of it but um one thing i was actually i was thinking of when you're talking about the conventions and selling before uh, is that you guys actually have a really good sales style and that you just sort of tell people like this is a cool book because yeah. you're right in the sense that you know some people just don't say anything you go up to the table and they're completely quiet but I've also seen the flip side of it where people are like real like pitchy like the real salesman so, yeah yeah like and I'll, I've bought books off them a couple times and did you regret it after absolutely oh, no. and I will never I'll never <laughs> name names on that but yeah. like there have been times where I'm like okay I get it like I'm buying your book because you're badgering me <laughs> yeah and you know like I I'm not going to turn around and I've seen I've seen those people at other conventions and stuff with more books and stuff I'm like I don't want to read it uh, you had your shot with me and yeah. you know like you, you pushed too hard and like it's just it's it's kind of a bitter thing and it's true i i can understand an artist or or, you know creator not wanting to be like that salesman being like buy my book it's the best thing since you know like and it's like well that's what we say well no but it's like it's it's the elevator pitch where it's like you know it's it's batman meets doctor who and it's like which you got one of those (laughs) there you go well ricky finds a really nice balance where he's he he's He's not pushy, but yeah. he like there's a lot of people where I think, oh, I would have just given up at that point. They seem yeah. not interested. But Ricky has this way of they're kind of on the fence, whatever. Yeah. And then I just yeah. I go, okay, in my head, I'm drawing still, and I think oh, yeah. they're not gonna buy it. And then Ricky's just like, yeah, here's twenty bucks. You owe this person a sketch. And I'm like, whoa, how did you? <laughs> yeah, like there sell was them, these, right? this group. I think they came on Saturday, and Shane tried to sell it to them, but they didn't buy it. <laughs> then they came back on Sunday, yeah. and Shane's like, oh, I remember you guys. And I was like, hey, you want to buy our book? And they're like. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another thing that I found, and I've heard other people say it, and it's always um, 
when people say, oh, well, I'm going to look around and come back. I like this stuff. And then they don't come back. Ricky, yeah. they come back. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> Not all the so, time. There's but, so yeah. many times, though, where I think I'll never see this person again. Yeah. It's cool, whatever. They don't like it. They're being polite. And they come, they, they, they've looked around the show and they come back and they say, like, yeah, okay, let's yeah. do this. I want your book. Which I think has to do with, I think our book is a really good product. It is. It so, really you know is. What I mean, they've I mean, seen other stuff, and I think Comparable, it, it, it stands out a bit. And, I mean, it's that's a, that's a good point. And I think also, though, in terms of the way you sell, although you do, yeah, you say, like, our book's the greatest, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The thing I, I noticed in terms of when I've seen you selling your book at conventions and when you've talked to me about it is that you get people on side. You know, like you get people on board. It's like it's not like it's not like they're the customer and you're the yeah, salesman. No, for sure. It's it's that, you know, like you're you're meeting you're having a conversation. You're basically kind of making you're making a friend of like so to speak. Or it's like here's it's like hey man you know yeah. you'll like this and, and like you'll just sort of chat them up and be yeah. like you know like what kind of stuff do you like you know. Yeah. Well, you'll probably this. like this. You should check it out. Yeah, I, it's more like a recommendation <laughs> for of your own book right, yeah, it's than, true, yeah. than it is like, like, oh, are you biased? It's like, no, I'm not biased at all. No. But uh, okay. Shane, Shane uh, explained to me that it's easier to, like, once you know their name and once you kind of, like, shake their hands and introduce yourself, then... Yeah, you make it feel so, like a personal experience, yeah. too, yeah. right? Which introduce I think, yourself, make them feel like... That's what conventions are. Like, yeah. I mean, conventions are an opportunity to meet the artists and the creators and stuff like that, uh, That of the, the kind of shit that you really like. Yeah. And, you know, as much as it is about selling something, it's also, like, it's an awesome opportunity to see a bunch of like-minded individuals. People are, like, at least similar interests, you mm-hmm. know? Like, people with the same interests. They yeah. like comics. They, they want to yeah. be... It's also, like, uh, comic book creators and comic book fans and, and fans in general of any type of, like, genre cult stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Most of them are introverts, right? So it's a weird thing where it's this social event where everyone gets out, but everyone's kind of introverted. (laughs) Not everyone, but a good majority of them. There's really socially awkward people. So it's very easy to to just shake someone's hand and make them feel like they're meeting someone, right? And it's it's fucking... It's a great thing. I mean, as someone... Like, I've never actually had a booth, but one thing I, I... I go to a lot of conventions by myself. Yeah. I, I actually don't like going with a bunch of friends or anything. Sure. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, well, it just I like to just experience the shit around me, and I don't want it like because as soon as you have like a group of people or friends or something, you kind of create your own bubble. Yeah. Um, and one thing I found is that a lot of those introverted people, like I'm, I'm clearly not really a very introverted person <laughs> if you haven't noticed. Yeah. But um, you know, like I'll see those people and. All you have to do is kind of reach out a little and, if you know, engage yeah. with them a bit. And, like, I've just engaged with other fans, like, just there. And for them, like, for those sorts of people, when they get an opportunity to talk about the shit that they really love, yeah, they, you know, they're energized by the experience because, you know, it's like, holy shit, I'm not, I'm not alone, like, liking this stuff, uh, you know, like, yeah. or, you know, like, there's a person I can actually interact with mm-hmm. that actually likes this stuff. You know, and isn't isn't looking at me yeah. sideways for talking about this stuff. And I think that at the same time, that's why cosplay is so popular at cons because yeah. it's almost like you're wearing that Your fandom. Fan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I've heard a lot of creators are like, oh, cosplayers, they're like, they're just taking up space and they don't have any money and they're just like wasting our time. But I think cosplayers bring people to the show. Sure, yeah. And yeah, that's part of the event. People have yeah, yeah, pictures with them. Cos- <laughs> Hayden cosplay is like the definition of being a crotchety old man. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and like <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't get it. 
no, I don't it, it why you matter, would want to dress up like that, but they love it, and they go. There's just people cosplayers. They come and they just want yeah. people to take photos of them in their costume, right? Exactly. Well, it's just recognition of this thing that you you love to do, and yeah. you know, people getting people saying like, "Hey, I dig it." Is it's a satisfying. Well, yeah, thing. especially when the costumes are like wicked. Oh my god! Like, there's oh, some, man, so my much. favorite cosplay is the ones where they're so bad, they're hilarious. Like, <laughs> I just like I remember seeing this dude who was like, he was Gray Hawk. Oh, and, and he just wore like this ripped up shirt and these ripped up jeans and he was like he just painted the front half of him gray <laughs> <laughs> I was just like yo I want a picture with gray all those are my favorite costumes. Like, but can I do it from the back seat no but just no but like they know no he was totally in on the joke yeah, and it's oh, yeah. just like he's phoning it in doesn't give a shit <laughs> like there was someone uh, this past weekend someone had a picture and it was just with like uh, like shitty Thor and it was just like this really <laughs> shitty paper mache they- costume and it was just so bad nice. and they're yeah. taking a picture, and you could just see, like, Thor was just loving it, right? Yeah. <laughs> People like it for some reason. That, again, that kills me. That's, I love it. Oh, that's, that's funny. It's and, like, the overly sexy to... cosplays, they kind of make me uncomfortable at the same time. Well, I love that's, them. That's, well, well sexy. But, like, it's, I don't know, like, I saw one where, like, this girl was, like, literally wearing, like, a thong, and her butt was hanging out. Yeah. And oh, it, no, that's horrible. It made me uncomfortable because oh, I was no. thinking, it's like... If you sat down, like it made that's me like, hard. No, man, that's like your bare ass, like touching a chair. Yeah, like that's kind of gross. Like, what a if, sexy girl. Though. But what if you go right? to the bathroom, sits on a toilet seat, gets up, goes to the con, sits on a chair, and it's like basically the same thing. It's like a toilet seat. Was she a hot chick? Oh, it doesn't matter. Though. I love that. That's the only thing. Let, let me just clarify. Was she hot? No, well, hot chicks don't poop. <laughs> that's they right. Don't they don't. Yeah, they don't do anything. Uh, well, yeah, it just makes me, I don't know, I'm uncomfortable I mean, with it. From from my perspective, it was funny because this was the first time I ever gone to a convention with my girlfriend. Yeah. So anytime there was someone like that, I'm just like, oh, look at that. That's a nice ceiling. I really I really enjoy looking as far up as I can so I'm not making eye contact with my move this is woman's blatant like, stare. I just do this things. blatant, uncomfortable stare. But that's kind of shitty because I don't know. It's, <laughs> it is and it isn't. I mean, let's... It's a weird thing. It like the sexy cosplay. I feel like is a bit of a weird thing because I get the side of it where, like, women that are doing this, it's not so they can be like all, like yeah. it's not an opportunity to dress up like sexy Halloween or something. It is ultimately at its core and paying well, homage yeah. to a, yeah. a think, thing or just enjoying the cost, like yeah. you know, like the the pageantry of making the costume and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, they don't want to be objectified, and I understand that. At the same time. It's a sexy costume, you know, yeah. like if it's, if it's, you know, like if it is sexy and, and appealing, you know, like that's a, that's a very basic human yeah. reaction. To, but uh, to I guess when I say sexy cosplay, I mean like when they take normal costumes and, and sexify make, it. Yeah, make so it they sexy. make it sexy Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like if someone dressed up as like Psylocke, like, I mean, that's obviously yeah. a revealing outfit, but <laughs> it's not a sexy outfit because that's just what you wear. Sure. It's just, that's, that's, that's an it's accurate It's a sexy costume. outfit. They're yeah. just, they didn't sexify it. Yeah. yeah exactly. And there are definitely people that do that. There was someone that was Princess Toadstool that oh, had no bottom of the dress. Yeah. That's and, that girl. Uh, she was at the fan expo she was one day she was Sonic the Hedgehog but like super sexy Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> sexy Sonic well she's like a model or something like that yeah well, she, she's I think a she hired selling, booth babe she, yeah she was selling pictures yeah. of herself in these costumes yeah and that's a different thing I mean oh and she was Mary Jane one day 
course. The, but the J. Scott Campbell, which she's wearing those little, and I swear to God, these shorts were like painted on, <laughs> and it was what the is. greatest, and I loved it. It is getting weird and sexy in here. Um, <laughs> I yeah, know, like, man. That's, I like that's sexy her, ladies, so and that's, that's make me thing. uncomfortable. No, 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 and that's that's totally <laughs> that's totally fair. I love it. Uh, but that is someone that she's definitely doing it for that reason. That that being said, she had a booth. She was selling pictures of yeah, her sex. Her name was like Vera Baby or something. Yeah, like which that. and she has a deviant art and she's like cool. she's pretty fucking sexy. And just to be clear, I have no problem with her doing that. I think that's great if that's like that's her thing and that's what she's there to do. Um, but to a certain extent, when well, like I mean, she is objectifying herself. I mean, like she's making she knows what's up. She's yeah, making yeah. her like she's kind of making herself like a sex symbol. Uh, yeah. you know, like in geek stuff. But that's not what most cosplayers are doing when they go there you know like most because no, no, that's someone who has a booth that's a model she's doing but that but could we could we also say like i'm a i'm objectifying my writing and shane's objectifying his art like, absolutely we're creating these things you're commodifying turning, it okay, okay, yeah and sorry i don't want it like yeah i don't yeah. want to be okay. like oh she yeah she's she's commodifying what she's doing and she's selling it and that's that's yeah, the whole she thing she has a product yeah. and just that's not but that's not what most cosplayers are doing regardless of whether or not their their outfit is sexy because they're not doing it to commodify their sexiness they're doing it because they're doing a costume of a, a character that they like or a costume that they like you know or something like that it's just mm-hmm. it's a weird thing um i think cons are just cool it's just the the group of people that come together it's eclectic just, you have there's, a, there's no one type of person like sure, yeah. you really get the cliche oh the big comic nerds and stuff like that but there's so many different types of people that, oh yeah there's weirdos there's normos there's like <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and also the, we get the uh, along with the part we were talking about where people say that oh people don't buy comics anymore at shows. So we've noticed the um, the last few shows is uh, we we end up next to these. Uh, it's usually like little Asian girls selling little trinkets of stuff. Sure, yeah, and, like uh, craft. And like they do amazing. Stuff. Like it's yeah. crazy how well oh, yeah. they do. And I think um, I I said something on Facebook about that, but I wasn't. I think it came off as I was hating on that. But oh. I think you know, do whatever works for you. If they can sell it right, especially it's good for us because it's not competition. It's a different type of group. It's that true. Buys, it's a different right? market. Yeah. But it's just it's so cool. That there's so many like in Artist Alley. You can it's like a one of a kind show, but for kind of geek culture, right? You can see absolutely. All kinds of that's cool. a very that's a good way to describe it, and it's it's like that more and more I find especially because there's a lot more of a I feel like there is a bit of a surge in like sort of handmade craft like handmade jewelry and stuff is f- like or like per- like people just yeah. making handmade jewelry themselves and stuff is like crazy popular right now and yeah. all kinds of stuff like that where uh, you know what I haven't seen much of which I think would be really cool too is that like why are people doing 3D printed stuff yeah you know like that's that's a awesome like a cottage industry thing where you can if you have the skill set you can make some cool 3d printed stuff and you could go to a con you could kill with that i think um listen to him <laughs> i want to get some 3d printed uh figures yeah we're talking about that ricky's very big on we want to do blackwell hunter shirts and toys yeah. and i you want to merge the shit out of it well I'm, oh, I'm just, just like, in the of the opinion i want to make the product mm-hmm. the, that we make comic books yeah. so yeah. good that people will come to us and do people who do that who do a better job than we would sure i don't make toys i don't make t-shirts mm-hmm. i think they're a waste of time and money for at this point i think yeah. it's like focus on the products so that's a debate. He's got a us. point, but, but uh, also I think. <laughs> but I, think I want to. So. Yeah, no. Part I, of it I is that. so our friend Sam Noir, who he's into yeah. making a lot of toys and stuff like that. He's very interested in the three D printing, 
and uh, I've went to a thing with him to you know see how it works and everything. And I think it's it's a great idea, but the technology is not quite there yet. I mean, you, you're paying a lot of money for a really cheap, shitty kind of plastic replica right now. So I yeah. think I think it's gonna like five years from now, it's gonna be something worth really talking about. But right now, it's not. Anything. Well. It's funny because I, I, I know a buddy of mine who he's an industrial designer. That's like he went through an industrial design program and he has his own 3D printer. He has a MakerBot. Oh, nice. And it's surprising. It's not – It's the thing is is that it is too expensive to mass produce stuff. But if you could make an individual thing, mm-hmm. like you could yeah. legitimately sell it and like you can you can con- get different types of resins and stuff to yeah. get a better quality product. You're you're not off the mark though in that like you can't you can't make something like mm-hmm. you couldn't make an action figure and sell it for twenty bucks. You'd need to sell it for like fifty to make yeah. it worth your while. Yeah, and like I'd imagine your friend makes a lot of like rigid kind of like Yeah, well uh, I mean square kind of. He, kinda, he yeah, did it for prototype stuff, but yeah. The thing is, is that it's it all comes down in the way you build it, right? You can do stuff that's curved and stuff like that, but it's really about like, say, if you wanted to do an action figure, you'd probably have to, you know, print it out in a certain like a bunch mm-hmm. of parts and then yeah, assemble it. Yeah, you know, because he he's way better with that stuff than I am. I won't even begin to pretend well, exactly like I know why we're not getting into. Give us it. exactly. <laughs> it's it's a good it's a good. I can put you in touch for sure. But um, he it's a good it's a good uh, point in that you know someone saying like, oh, I want to dabble in this. Don't dabble. Like that's not yeah. something to dabble in. I'm just printing? Su- yeah, it's okay. but um, I'm surprised because there are people that do it. It's sure, and there are people that are trained to do it. I'm surprised they aren't fucking. I don't know why they're not nerding out and making stuff and selling it. Like I you think can, it's it's just still very new. Right? Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, with competition. Yeah. People are going to be very innovative and find new ways to do things yeah. for cheaper and. That, that's not what I'm interested in right now. Right? No, like, well, I, I got so book. I got yeah. so much fucking shit to draw. <laughs> it never ends. Like, yeah. I uh, yeah. So I just I'm so not interested in that. Like I made um, a little sculpy Lars. So I just thought mm-hmm. you know something to throw that, on the table, right? Great, yeah. So it's kind of it's, people will see it and go, oh, okay, cool. Well, if they don't, if they're not interested by the books, they yeah. might that might grab their attention. But then I have this this guy who keeps telling me to make toys, and he comes over and he, oh, I so see you're making toys now, and I'm just like, no, no I just a- I'm not making any more of these, like yeah. just just one off. Yeah, well, and, and that's not uncommon for artists to do from a reference standpoint. I made a joke when when you guys were at the booth. I'm like, ah, that's a difficult guy to draw. It's good that you have that reference <laughs> yeah, yeah, model, yeah, yeah. which is, I mean, <laughs> he looks like a kidney bean. I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of a joke, um, but yeah, I mean, he's a larva. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but his teeth are glowing dark and his eyeballs are glowing uh, the dark. It's clear. I'm just saying, it's clearly not like a, a like a reference model for yeah. an artist. It oh, is just sure. a fun little thing he made, but like. You know, that being said, artists often make, like, reference models, but they're not something you could market or sell because they're really – it's really the basic structure. It's really just to make sure you know what the angles are going to look like and stuff like that. We're just going to make Black Hole Hunter so popular and then McFarlane Toys is going to come to us. (laughs) There you go. Listen, your shit's the greatest. Yeah. You just need to get a booth at San Diego Comic-Con so Todd can cruise on by and be like, "Mm." get a booth at his house. He'll know what's up. We should mail him some Well, that's that's the thing is with Black Hole Hunters, I really wanted to be – I'm I'm aiming for I used to really my dreams were to you know draw DC or Marvel comics and 
Uh, I'm a huge Joe Casada fan, so when he took over Marvel, yeah. that was. And then after, I remember when D, when Disney bought Marvel, I kind of went like, "Oh, DC is already so quarter." It's Warner already Brothers. Warner, yeah. yeah like, and then I just yeah. thought, like, not not to say if they were to come to me and say, you know, we want you to draw something, obviously I'm going to do it because yeah. I love them. But I just um, right now my my goal is I want to do something. I want I want that Hellboy kind of goon model, like yeah, where these guys can come and go as they please. They're they get big enough working on their own stuff. I mean, Mignola was big before Hellboy, right? But yeah, they, you know. They could do a Marvel or DC story if they wanted, but they also have this world they've created. Like, like the goon is so great. It's this world where just oh. anything can happen, right? Yeah. And Eric Powell is so great, and he can do whatever the hell he wants. And I, I really want to just, I'd love to have that Black Hole Hunters kind of be something like that, right? Where it's, yeah. it gets sweet. And there's that nothing level. that says you have to do the Marvel DC thing first by any means. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of some examples, but I mean, there are definitely there's other stuff out there where they they were never really Marvel or DC people, especially like you were saying in Europe or something like that, yeah. but like. You know, there's all kinds of opportunities. I mean, a silly thing that jumps to mind is something like Tintin. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy that he could tell whatever story he pleased, and he just always did Tintin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was his book. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you don't need to go to those guys, especially, I don't think, that right now it's important at all. Uh I remember I someone published something. Uh, he just they posted on Facebook. It was like a top twenty books of the month sold. There wasn't a, or for trade paperbacks. I should yeah. should mention, not a single one was Marvel or DC. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. There was, was all like image and stuff. Right? It was a lot of image. There was a couple of like Dark Horse and Boom. Yeah. Um. There was a lot of there was a lot of more manga stuff, which you know, fair. It's it's got its own market. Uh. But yeah, it none of it was Marvel and none of it was DC, and that says something. You know, like yeah. I think it says that there is a audience out there that wants something broader than just like you know something a broader landscape than just superhero stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with superheroes; they're great, but it's just one genre. It's one genre yeah. in a medium yeah. that can to, it tells so many types of stories. Well, I was talking to Gibson yesterday because uh, I, I inked a cover for him for Undertow, and that his story in in Undertow is the uh, it's a western, right? Yeah. And uh, I was just saying, but like, I, there's I love westerns so much, and I just wish that imagine the superhero genre imagine westerns were as big in comic books you know what I mean because yeah. you get the t- Joe, Jonah Hexes and, yeah exactly but now it's real super but I love yeah. westerns so much right even like I'm not a big horror guy I don't, I'm not a fan of horror stuff but yeah. I actually like creating horror stuff sure so like I don't know it's, it's kind of cool yeah, I think, well, I think it's a good time in comics for you guys to be doing something like Black Hole Hunters, that weird, yeah. like, grimy yeah. sci-fi, as I like to call but, uh, it. I was, sitting, I was walking home the other day, and I was thinking about how, I don't know if our book is necessarily marketable to, like, Image, uh, or even Dark Horse or anything, because it's just so, like... Maybe it's not. It's so different. But you know who fucking mean? cares, right? Because, like, like I, was, I was talking to someone, and they're like, well, Image doesn't like non-humanoid aliens. So if, so. They, if your aliens don't look like humans, they don't want it. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe I don't want to be an Image. Yeah. But that's a lie. I, I, think, I think it's more important to create a story that, that mm-hmm. makes sense for you to tell than to create a story that works for a yeah. publisher. Yeah, like, don't do that. It's so don't... generic to just say, like, maybe Image. So maybe Image doesn't like that. Maybe it won't Maybe not it. right now, but maybe they'll pick it up in, in a few years. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're, the that's one, They see the bug. And they go, well, maybe we do like, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe we best. can make a book about aliens that are real weird insect like type characters, right? Yeah. There's, I don't, I don't fall for that generalization shit. You know, no. we, you I, I, I always wanted to be someone that I try to just break a mold of something and not try to follow rules, right? So yeah. if someone says, oh, image doesn't like this, still pitch them. Maybe they don't. I don't yeah. know. Maybe you know, they're a great company. Yeah, yeah, and I completely agree. And I think that. 
Black Hole Hunters, what you guys are doing right now is definitely something that's breaking a mold. It's definitely unlike anything else I've seen. Yeah. And I think that it's it's going to go on. I, I can't wait to see the, the future stories you're going to yeah, tell. Yeah, I mean, issue 6 is going to blow your mind. It's going to yeah. be so good. So, well, issue I mean, 5 is going to be awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess... I can't wait to the next story arc. <laughs> yeah. Just watch. Exactly. So, you just well, have we've been, we came up with this idea of maybe like five months ago, and we're just jonesing to get to the new story arc, and uh, it's going to be really cool. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm sure it will be. And that's, that's about as good a time to end on as any. It's about an hour now, so... I mean, yeah, it's you guys are telling an awesome story, and you know, there's more to come. Is there is there a set date for the next issue, issue five, or you're not sure yet? Yeah, the goal is uh, it's it's gonna be tough because I, I got a lot going on right now. But uh, the goal is so free the next free comic, free comic day, day. We want to have like, issue five out and that? sell it there. End of May? No, it's like beginning of May. Beginning of May. I wish it was the end of May. <laughs> there you go. Only a, <laughs> but, a month uh, and a half. It's, you're a, good. it's a lot yeah. bigger too. But I got I got a monstrosity story I have to do, and I have a few other things on the go. Yeah. So it's gonna be tight. But I'm that's the goal is the free mm-hmm. comic book day. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Cool. Oh, so we should. Can we plug our Black Hole Hunters Facebook? Well, you guys can plug whatever you want. This is plugging time. Let's get plugging. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just think Black Hole Hunters. <laughs> the face. Just go to Facebook, search Black Hole Hunters, yeah, or it's yeah. Facebook.com slash Black Hole Hunters Club. And uh, Instagram too. Oh yeah, Instagram. We have all yeah. that. In our store envy, we have uh, original art up. It's even better than the book. Like you look awesome. at the original art. It's yeah, so the original better. pages uh, that I drew. If if they're interested in that, we're selling all kinds of stuff. Well, there you go. If, if anyone you want wants... our books, come get it. <laughs> yeah, come get well, it's it. It's all it's all there. We try to focus everything yeah. on that Facebook page. So there's links to everything else, right? If you wanna, there's a store envy okay. link if you wanna buy our books online and all that stuff. But yeah, Facebook. Awesome Bible. and. As, as can be expected, all the links will be provided uh, in the, the show notes and as well on the Facebook page for Geeky On. Uh, everyone can check out uh, the Black Hole Hunters Club, their Facebook page, where you can get their stuff, how you can find out more about these fine fellows. Uh, and, yeah, that, that pretty much will, Thank will you, sum Eric. it up. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Cool. No, this is good. All right, so that was the podcast. Uh, Shane and Ricky, what a classy pair of gentlemen. Um, that Facebook page again, that's Black Hole Hunters Club. It's pretty easy to find. I'm not going to spell it out for you because uh, I assume you have a basic understanding of spelling. Um, you know, if you're listening to this, this is this is a smart podcast, let's be honest. So, yeah, I, I heavily encourage checking it out. Read their books check out their stuff because they're awesome um the other thing i want to quickly shout out to was uh just wanted to say again thanks to stadium comics for letting us have that venue uh it's such a great space their sidekick store they do events all the time there it's got like you know sort of it's got a area in the back where they they hold events like uh like um what's it hero clicks and whatever all that kind of cool stuff and uh they did the 12 hour comic uh jam there and they've just got crazy deals on comics so what's not to like about that um i know their big event coming up which will be at shoppers world is going to be for free comic book day which is the uh i think it's the first saturday of may maybe the second uh but you know you can find that out anyway again thanks to shane and ricky and thanks to stadium because uh that was a lot of fun and i hope you enjoyed it as always i'm uh at e houston on twitter and you know facebook we've got a twitter thing now we've got a we've got a website coming you know that's gonna come um but you know stay tuned in all right i need to sign off and i don't have one so 
bungalows.